uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to our regular Out Loud Cisco podcast. The last few weeks have been challenging for Cisco in terms of collaboration. At the end of September, there was a major outage of the WebEx Teams platform, which affected users and partners across the globe. As always, I am joined by Cisco expert Jonathan George from Meeting Zone so that we can discuss the issues, how Cisco are trying to resolve them, and looking at how they are going to prevent them in the future. It's not all bad news though. Jonathan also has details on various new products and features that Cisco have been working on and adding to the collaboration platforms. Have a listen. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you this morning? I'm good, Patrick. How are you? I, I hear you've been globetrotting around the world. Y- yes, as always, uh, continuing the life of an international jet setter. I returned from say it quietly and under your breath, Microsoft Ignite last week, which was a a very good event. But as soon as I came back, I knew that we needed to arrange a podcast recording to talk about all things Cisco collaboration. Because, Jonathan, we have to say it's it's been really busy and not always for the for the best reasons over the past few weeks. Indeed, the um, the the, the last week or so, I think, has been um a little challenging, shall we say. That was very, very diplomatically put. So, w- would you just be able to... I think every, most people will know that, that the WebEx Teams platform, we have to be specific about that, and, and you can confirm the details on that, went, went down. So, w- when exactly did it happen? There was an outage? W- was there more than one? How long did it last for? And, and do Cisco know why it occurred? Yeah, so those are all great questions and and i think the you know we're yet to see the the formal um rca the root cause analysis information from cisco um they've been rightly focused on actually trying to get things back up and working and stable and, and all caught up i mean the um you know this is this outage and you know i think as we speak today um you know it's still going on things have still not quite caught up but it goes back to the the start of, of last week around the, the 24th of September um, you know so as usual I, I wake up in the morning I've got a DX70 sitting on my desk at home you know I walked in and I can see a message at the top that says oh, trouble connecting to WebEx services hmm, okay I wonder what that's about you know then I try and go to my team's client you know, to catch up on what's going on, and, and then, you know, my world starts to fall apart. And, and I think what's interesting about these things is that actually when you come to rely on this technology, when it's taken away from you, you actually realize what the value is that it, that it brings. You know, I had a, um, you know, for large portions of last week, you know, I was back to, um, you know, picking up the phone to talk to people and, and email rather than, you know, the, the enriched video experience and the, the persistent team chat, um, you know, the spaces that I'm in within teams to get my work done. And, and actually, it was it was horrific, you know, and, and, and to some degree, um, you only, you know, miss what you've you've got when it's gone rather than, than taking it for granted when it's here. So um, I think in terms of the, the outage itself, um, obviously, uh, you know, it's a cloud service, so there, there are going to be the occasional blips and outages and, and, and problems. Um, I think by any stretch of the imagination, this is, is far worse than, than Cisco would ever have, have wanted it to be. Um, as you said, I, I think it, 
it's it's key to point out that this was just the Teams platform. So the the WebEx Meetings platform, you know, the core of that WebEx service, if you like, was largely unaffected. This was the Teams platform, the persistent team chat, the video endpoint registration to the cloud. Um, you know, to be out for or to have you know consistent problems for for over a week is is pretty exceptional and and certainly nothing that you know I've been in and around this industry for a long time I've not seen anything as bad as that for a while I mean the information that we've got coming out of Cisco and as I say you know we've yet to see the formal RCA um, indicates that actually it probably wasn't a technology problem um, you know we're hearing that that it was potentially some sort of automated script that actually um, ended up running and, and deleting the virtual machines that were hosting the, the service. So the good news with that is that the platform itself, you know, runs in an active, active configuration, you know, should have been able to fail over and all the rest of it. But the what happened here was that something ran and, and basically deleted the whole service. Um, and you can imagine that, that you know, Cisco were um, all hands to the pump to effectively, and, and you know, you've got to give, Cisco some some credit here and the engineers working on it they actually rebuilt the service from scratch in less than a week um, you know and then from then on it's been the service trying to catch up and stabilize and merge the backups and all of that other good stuff that has to go on so pretty awful you know reached the highest echelons in 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 Cisco Chuck Robbins the CEO tweeted the WebEx outage was unacceptable he used that word um, you know like all these things <clears throat> I think you have to look forward and, 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 you know, one would hope that Cisco have, have learned. If it was this process issue, then thankfully that's probably easier to solve for to make sure that it never, ever happens again. And, and I think that's, you know, that's their, their takeaway that they'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. We have to say that Cisco took it in incredibly seriously. As, as you said, I think it was all hands to the pump. And, and we saw Chuck Robbins tweet, like, like you said, saying, saying that the outage was unacceptable, which it is. And, and I think it's good that, you know that effectively in that case you know they held their hands up and said you know this is not good enough and it can't happen again so when we get the 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 RCA or the the root cause analysis as you said if that is rather than a technology issue it's some sort of process issue and a script you you'd think that would be pretty easy for them to prevent it reoccurring in the future yeah, and I think that's you know that's what they're you know they're looking to do is basically to make sure that you know they they look at those scripts whatever they are you know and harden those scripts to prevent you know such catastrophic damage being done in in the past you know I'm a I'm an ex um, Linux guy you know the one thing that you never do on a on a Linux system is log in as root and type in rm minus rf star because if you do that you just blow away the whole file system and it doesn't warn you it just says you know if you know so it, it's it's just making sure that you know you put in place the things to stop that type of, of thing happening whether it was human error or you know some sort of automated job or or whatever i think at least you know the, the positive for me is that that's a much easier thing to solve for than there's a fundamental issue or a reliability or stability issue in the platform with the way the technology has been built and architected. So I think there's, so there's some, there's actually some good news there, but that doesn't excuse the, you know, the outage for the last week, which, you know, had a major, I had customers, you know, who had major meetings who were, you know, who'd bought shiny new endpoints that were, you know, they were going to have their board meeting on, on Tuesday. You know, and oh, hello. There's no service. You know, and that's not 
acceptable. Um, and, and I'm sure Cisco will learn from it and move forward. No, absolutely. And, that, and they'll be massively keen to put it behind them. So in terms of just going back to the beginning of what are you saying, is the WebEx team completely back up or do you say it's not? There's still some areas. Is it, is it geographical or is it some features and functionality that, that's not quite working? And have Cisco given any indication of when it should be completely back up? And Yeah, so they've done – I mean, they, they, they got a little bit of um... – Ribbing in some of the uh, some of the team spaces once they came back. Uh, the, the, so there's a website called uh, that you can go to status.cisco.spark.com. They've not rebranded it to uh, to Teams yet, but that's the uh, that's the URL. Um, and they originally, when the outage happened, they got there was some flack flying around that they weren't updating that with with information in a timely manner with with stuff that was actually helpful. Um, and and again, to their credit, they responded to that, listened to that feedback, and, and then there was a lot more information posted there. Um, if you go there right now, you'll still see that there's some some yellow rather than green all over the place. Um, and largely, it's you know I think the the system catching up to where it needs to be. So I you know there are still some odd issues flying around, some intermittent, you know, I'm in certain spaces I can't post information or I don't see the history. You know, I would expect that to resolve over the next, you know, 24, 48 hours um, as, as the system sort of, you know, get back to normality. Yeah, so I can imagine it's been an incredibly busy time for anybody on the WebEx Teams platform. I did, but just before we moved on, I did just want to briefly ask about Obviously, quite a while ago, at the start of the year, we had Rowan Trollope, who was head of the Cisco Collaboration Division. He left, he went to Five9, who are a contact center provider. And relatively recently, not related in any way to these outages, we had Jonathan Rosenberg, who was chief technical officer, leave Cisco. And I, and I don't want to speculate about, about why he left and what's going on, but he's, he's been replaced by a, a Cullen Jennings, who I believe was in, was in the same department and is going to take on the mantle as, as chief technical officer. Yeah, so I, I think it was interesting. There was a No Jitter article talking about some of the leadership changes, you know, in the collaboration group. You know, there, there's been, you know, I think if there's one thing that's constant in this industry, it's change. Um, so, you know, there's always changes in, in leadership and, and personnel. You know, that is a, you know, that's a fact that's going to, you know, going to stay around for a, for a while. You know, Jonathan Rosenberg's been at, at Cisco for, um, I think, at least five years. I can't remember exactly how long his, his tenure has been. And to some degree, it was, you know, he and Rowan together were the, you know, the architects of, a lot of what we see today in terms of the the cloud collaboration portfolio that that Cisco you know now have have got. So they were instrumental in in producing that. Um, you know, I, I, again, like you said, I, I don't think speculation is is necessarily a healthy thing. But when people you know in these um, you know leadership positions move on, there's always a speculation about you know did they go or were they pushed? And and, and actually, I don't think that's either useful or, or informative. It doesn't matter. The the point is that. You know he's going to leave Cisco, um, and you know he's been replaced with with Cullen. Um, Cullen is a is a, a Cisco fellow. That means that he's you know right at the top of the the technical tree within in Cisco. You know held in in great esteem by Cisco. He's going to take you know on the role of the as the, as the CTO, um, the the chief technical officer for the Cisco Collaboration Group. Um, uh, what I'm reading is that um, you know I think the focus of that group will change a little. I think under Jonathan Rosenberg's tenure, Jonathan was more focused around the the product piece 
um, you know, Project Squared, what became Spark, what, what then became WebEx Teams, um, you know, what I'm hearing is I think that, that Cullen's remit will be more focused around the, you know, the future long-term, what's Cisco called Horizon 5, I think, um, you know, stuff, the, the new stuff that's coming along, you know, and, and into that you could, you know, put into the bucket of, of things like, you know, okay, where are we with the next levels of AI and, and all of that, that good stuff. So um, I, I guess I'm not expecting to see Cullen, you know, be as public, if you like, as, as Jonathan Rosenberg was, um, because I think he'll be focused on, on much more of the, you know, the advanced technology. Yeah, and I, I think I, I mean I don't know a lot about him. I've, I've been on his Twitter this morning, and we sh we should just say to listeners if, if you want to find out more about Cullen Jennings, although he's not the most regular tweeter, you can find him a, a rather good address, which is at c fluffy uh, on Twitter, which which I found relatively amusing. Yes, and I I, I think that's his nickname. Um, so um, either that, or he's a huge Harry Potter fan, and and you know Hagrid's dog. In, uh, in I think the uh, the first Harry Potter movie was was called Fluffy from my my memory if I read those those books a long time ago. It, it absolutely um, was. I've watched the film recently, so yeah, maybe he is he is a massive fan of that. But we we can find out more about him. And I suppose the only way to to know how that's going to affect the collaboration division is is to watch as it as it goes forward. And as you said, if he has more of a focus on the technical product side, that might that might be a good thing. Yeah, and and I think you know, and that that probably also leads on to um, uh, you know, obviously Rowan's replacement, uh, Amy Chang. You know, I think, uh, and you, you and I were you know were discussing this this a while. You know, we, you know, I think she's she obviously came in through the a company acquisition that that Cisco made. Um, again, you know, probably doing a lot of great stuff internally within Cisco, but as a Cisco partner, we haven't heard that much from her. And I'm not sure the industry has. You know, I, 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 you know, you you follow the industry a lot. I don't think you've seen a lot from from Amy. You know, outward facing, and I think that just shows that you know there are different personalities, different characteristics, different ways of of doing things. And you know, when I think when Amy joined the uh, to head up that collaboration team again, the the focus there was more on. Rome was very much the, the man out front on stage, painting the picture, selling the story, and all the rest of it. And, and, you know, Amy potentially doesn't look to be that type of person, and maybe that's what the business needs right now, is more of that focus on internal execution and, and delivery of it. And, you know, as a Cisco partner at Meeting Zone, you know, that's absolutely what we want. We want stuff in the kit bag that is good, solid stuff that we can go and sell to our customers that delivers value to them. Well, you, you make a really good point. I mean, I think we've we've seen very little either engagement sort of in the media in terms of public appearance or on social media, which, as you said, isn't really a guide to how effective or otherwise it's being. So, But, but, I, but I think the one thing it does lead to is, with a slight lack of communication is a bit of speculation about what's going on you know if, if no one's saying anything then you know people tend to, to fill the gap but as you said we have we have no idea at all really what's going on and potentially you know everything behind the scenes bar the recent outages is is going in the direction that, that cisco want so let's let's move on to the to the good to the fun stuff you mentioned kit in the bag that you are able to go to your customers with as a, as a Cisco partner at Meeting Zone. 
and there has been some there's been some big news there in terms of kit in the bag into in terms of the, the new room systems i saw some details on that yeah so i think that um you know and again like you say i mean it, what goes on internally is is largely irrelevant what's more interesting to to us is okay what have, what have we got to be able to sell so that and and even if we're not hearing from amy we are at least hearing the roadmap from cisco you know continues to develop and deliver so um you know they've uh, recently, the, the, the announcements most recently have been some improvements in terms of some new hardware endpoints. Um, so um, Cisco have come out with a, uh, a RoomKit Pro, um, which is the, really their top-end video codec now. It replaces their, their sort of workhorse top-end codec, which was the SX80. Um, you know, many more, you know, if you're into AV stuff, you know, lots more connections and connectivity at the back. So, you know, when you're wanting to kit out larger rooms with custom configurations, this, you know, that's the sort of codec that, that you're going to be looking at. So that, um, you know, the RoomKit Pro has the, the, the camera, the quad camera attached to it, but then there's the, the, the codec Pro is really the, the engine behind that. So that's the, the high-end, you know, codec for, AV integrators, people who do all of that stuff to be able to kit out, you know, those larger conference rooms. And then in addition to that, they've uh, two more systems. So the, the Room 70 G2, um, so G2 meaning Generation uh, 2, the 70 being a 70-inch screen, uh, available both in single and dual configuration. They had a Room 70 before, but the, the, the key thing about the G2 is that it uses that same codec pro as the engine behind it. Um, so again, you know, has some of those connectivity options. Cisco made a big thing about they kept the price the same, so effectively you're getting more bang for your buck with, you know, with with this generation two version of that. And then finally, they've um, they've announced the Room 55 Dual. So again, the 55 inch inbuilt um, system, you know, all in one system integrated into it. it. Used to be only a single screen device, now can be a dual screen device. So. Um, you know, some pretty good uh, large announcement, all of which are, you know, currently orderable, um, you know, literally hot off the press and have, have just been announced and, and available to order. So really just, you know, continuing to flesh out that video endpoint portfolio that, you know, is, is one of Cisco's historic strengths, you know, if you look back to their acquisition of Tamburg um, and, and really through Rowan's tenure and all of that stuff, you know, the hardware, all the red dot awards that, that they won for, um, for some of this hardware, so that journey continues. So great to see those those three new, you know, new devices out there. Yeah, I'll be I'll be really keen to see those because, as, as you said, I think it's, it's something they do exceptionally well. Are those those endpoints? So I'm sure those are, are very, very nice functional pieces of kit. We should also talk about, and it's everyone's favourite topic, headsets. Yeah, and and actually, just before you go on that, I'm just going to a small plug for for Meeting Zone uh, in itself. We we've recently got a new office in London. You know, we've actually put in a lot of these video endpoints. The idea being to be able to showcase this technology. You know, people don't really and until you see it and you're in front of it and you you see the experience. That's when you it's the aha moment. So you know, we are. Um, you know, if anybody wants to, to come and see us in the London office, I'd be more than happy to, to host them to, to do that. You know, we've got various versions of the, this technology there so that people can experience that. But um, oh, yeah. well, I'd very much like to like to see them next time I'm next time I'm down in London. Well, when you're not in Miami, you know, some other continent, and you're actually in the UK, I'd be more than happy to host you there, Patrick. Yes, you, you, you know, you'll be more than welcome anytime. Oh, and as you can see, I've carefully 
um, move the conversation away from, you know, the most exciting topic that could possibly be, which is headsets. Yes, um, I thought you were trying to distract away from talking about <laughs> my favourite thing there. And I, again, I think it's, you know, it's, it's not something that necessarily personally gets me, you know, excited or out of bed in the morning. I think the, you know, the headset world, if you look at it, you know, you've got the, you know, the incumbent suppliers like Jabber and Plantronics. And, you know, I've been a huge fan. I'm on a Jabber headset right now. It happens to be what I have in my kit bag. You know, I've got a Plantronics Bluetooth headset that, that I use. Um, you know, Cisco obviously decided they wanted to get into that, that headset business. Um, and I think that, you know, that probably makes sense if you look at Plantronics have taken over Polycom. So, they've you know, they're now into the, the video endpoint business. So, you know, everybody's sort of, you know, got their part to play in, in that. Um, you know, the Cisco headsets are, you know, obviously going to be designed to work with, with, with or to be optimal, if you like, in, in the Cisco environment. But, you know, all the acronyms, you know, DECT and Bluetooth and all of the other good stuff that you get with, with, with headsets, you know, again, I, I don't pay too much attention to that. But I do think that the key message that, to come across here is that when you're using this type of technology, you know, collaboration technology, voice over IP, endpoints, things at home or, or whatever, you know, I see too many people, you know, jumping on WebEx meetings and trying to use the, the microphone and speakers of their, of their laptop. And then wondering why, you know, they get such an awful audio experience. And they blame WebEx for it. They blame the, the technology, the underlying technology. Um, whereas, you know, the microphone and, and speakers in your, your laptop are generally designed for listening to music or watching, you know, YouTube videos, not for a high-end sort of video conferencing collaborative experience. So, you know, I can't underestimate, although headsets aren't that exciting to me, they are extremely important part of the equation to give the user the fantastic experience that we're, we're all trying to give them. And, and actually to scrimp on that, that headset and to just have people, well, you just, you know, you've got a headset, you've got your Apple earbuds that came with your iPhone, you know, just plug those into the audio socket in your laptop. You're just not going to get the experience that, that you deserve. So I think that's the, you know, one of the key message and it, you know, great to see Cisco getting into that space. And I'm sure those products are, you know, are fantastic and, and compare with the likes of Jabber and Plantronics and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, you know, the customer's going to make a choice one way or the other. I think that the key point for me is make a choice, right? And at least, you know, kit your users out with, with headsets as you use this technology if that's what they're going to be doing because you want to guarantee that experience for them. No, you're absolutely right. And we, we shouldn't you know, underestimate the, the importance of headsets in any way. It's like with networking when people talk about the last mile and how critical that was right right into the right into the, the cabin and the end user. It's exactly the same with the with the last three feet in terms of you drive that fantastic experience right to the end user's desktop and then if they can't translate that into their ears and from their mouth into their machine, it's it's not the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was another thing as well, which I ha I'm not aware of at all, and I was looking for your expertise on, which was the WebEx Edge services. Yeah, so that that, that also formed part of the, um, the the recent announcements. And again, I think this is just you know another continuation of, of Cisco's messaging around. Okay, how do we how do we take that that service, the WebEx service, if you like, but extend and enhance it with stuff that, that people have already invested in and, um, you know, to, to enrich the experience if, if they need to do that. You know, sure, if you, you know, you're a small company like, like us at Meeting Zone, you know, we're quite happy using that, that over-the-top service and, and it, it meets our needs and we, we, we don't need anything necessarily, 
um, to augment that experience. But, you know, for the larger end enterprises, there's, you know, some things to consider about, you know, if you've got on-prem telephony, Cisco Audio with, with Cisco Unified Call Manager, then, you know, it doesn't make sense that you're necessarily, every time you join a, a WebEx meeting using a phone on your desk, you're effectively making a PSTN call. Why can't you link that IP telephony network into the WebEx cloud um, and basically have that, the transport of that call go over that, that route rather than breaking out to PSTN and actually then, you know, incurring PSTN charges. So the... The idea with the, you know, so they've broken these edge services down into three components. So there's an audio component, which is the, the, the bit I've just talked about. How do I take a, uh, you know, an, an on-prem telephony, voice over IP telephony environment, but actually link that directly into the WebEx environment? And Cisco have, have, have been playing this for a while. In, in my time at Cisco, there, there was a, a product called CCA, Cloud Connected Audio. And, and again, that was designed very much for the high-end enterprises. Then they moved it into the service provider space. This is Rao really moving that type of, of technology down to, you know, to make it accessible to, to the larger. It's going to be appropriate, more appropriate to the larger customer than the smaller one. But how do we basically leverage that I've got telephones on people's desks using Cisco Unified Call Manager. Let me link that. And we're a big WebEx user. Let me link those two things together. And that gives me a better, simpler, easier experience than, than I had before and probably reduces costs as well. So, so there's, that, there's that audio piece there. Um, and then there's a, a piece called Connect, Edge Connect, again, where this is talking about, okay, how do we take a customer's network and directly connect that into the WebEx backbone so that we don't end up traversing the internet for the data traffic that goes along with that, that WebEx session? Because obviously that's always going to be subject to internet. Whether if you're going over the top, generally that, that experience is pretty good. But if you're doing a lot of meetings um, and you've got the bandwidth internally, then why not leverage that and have that direct connect and take the internet out of the equation and, and Basically, peer that directly into the into the backbone. So that's the so that you know that covers off the two bases of audio and data, if you like, in terms of the the WebEx experience. And then the third and final um, service is Mesh, is is uh, what was called Video Mesh. I think I'm I'm not sure it's called Edge Mesh now, but the idea behind that is again, if you're on-prem and you've got you're doing a lot of video traffic, then if you're only doing video traffic internally, let's keep that video traffic internally into our own, own network rather than hairpinning up up and down to the you know to the cloud service. So again, really about optimizing where the traffic and the media flows to make sure that the, the experience, you know, there's there's no you're not going to be subject to you know hairpinning and internet weather that's going to affect that. The, the quality of that call. So, you know, some really, you know, key messages there in terms of, of being able to, you know, particularly for the larger customers, really, you know, provide some enriched experience over that audio data and video. No, it makes absolutely perfect sense. And I know finally the piece that you were, you were most excited about, and, and I think you used the phrase has transformed your working life, is the, the new hybrid calendar meeting scheduling functionality features that, that we've seen introduced. Yes, yes, succinctly called the hybrid calendar service. So the, the, the hybrid calendar service has been um, been around for a while. The problem, if problem's the right word, with, with that service up to this point is that in order to host that hybrid calendar service, you needed 
the customer needed to basically deploy an expressway instance that would host that management connector, and then that would connect the cloud service with their exchange environment. And the idea behind this, the, the, the linkage is to link your Outlook calendar, if you're an Outlook, and there's also a Google calendar variant as well, but for the sake of this discussion, let's, let's keep it to Outlook. The idea that, that how can I link my calendar with the WebEx service directly, rather than, you know, in the old days, you used to have Outlook productivity tools that would sit within the Outlook client. If I wanted to schedule a meeting, there'd be a plugin that was, you know, installed by the WebEx service into Outlook. I'd hit the button, it would go off and talk to the WebEx service, schedule my meeting, dump the, the um, components into the, the meeting invite, and away we go. That's great if you're using Outlook to schedule your meetings and you're online, but what about when I might want to schedule a meeting when I'm offline using my mobile device, right? There's no Outlook WebEx productivity tools for my, my mobile email calendar client that, that I'm using. So, so, you know, it sort of breaks the experience. This hybrid calendar connector is connecting the back ends together. So now it, it simplifies it simplifies two things. It simplifies the scheduling experience, and it simplifies the join experience. And as I say, previously you had to put this expressway instance to, to host this connector. Most recently, there's now a cloud connector. So if you're an Office 365, or indeed a, a Google G Suite customer, there's now a, effectively a cloud connector that links that Office 365 cloud together with the, the WebEx cloud. Now, and, and we implemented this within, within Meeting Zone because we, you know, we didn't need the on-prem bit of kit. There's a YouTube video out there that, that shows you how to do it. It's one minute, 11 seconds long, you know, which is transforming. Right. I, I, I had a conversation with a customer who'd been waiting for this. You know, I spoke to him at 9 o'clock in the morning. At 9.15, he sent me a calendar invite using the, the, the calendar service. The thing that it transforms from, from my point of view is that, you know, I, I've lived and breathed this technology every day. So, okay, I'm used to clicking on links and launching clients or doing video callback or entering SIP addresses to get into meetings. Um, but I live and breathe this stuff. You know, for your average user, they just want to get into the meeting. And, and Cisco had this thing for a while. It was called, you know, OBTB, one button to push, or Jonathan Rosenberg, you know, rephrase it as the BGB, the big green button, the big green join button. And, and you know, they, they're making a big thing about across, whether it's soft clients, video endpoints, whatever, join the meeting by pressing this, this big green button. Now, we've implemented this calendar, hybrid calendar service in, in Meeting Zone. And now it means that whenever there's a meeting going on, I don't have to go and dig around in my calendar for, for finding the meeting. My endpoint on my desk pops up saying, hey, meeting with Patrick, join. And I press the button and I'm in. And, and it just transforms, it, it's hard to explain, but it, it transforms the, the join experience. Now when I want to schedule a WebEx meeting with somebody and, and I'm out and about and I've got my mobile phone, I open my calendar up on my phone, I type in at meet or at WebEx in the location field of that invite, and I can be assured that the, that the meeting details for that meeting will be populated into that, that calendar invite. I don't need to go anywhere near my laptop or Outlook to make that happen, which is what I had to do previously. So I really can't underestimate the, or, or under, underestimate, I didn't mean that. I mean, uh, it, it, it is transformational in terms of that scheduling and join experience. And, and really, it's one of the things that actually starts to bring this magic alive. Yeah, I mean, and that's something the industry's been trying to achieve for a long time. So it sounds like Cisco have made some, some, some real progress with that. And obviously, as you said earlier, if if people want to know more about this uh, and, and see it in action, they can always uh, get in touch with, with you guys at Meeting Zone as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, it's the sort of thing that we would, you know, absolutely show at the, the office, you know, in terms of, you know, you schedule a meeting, you, you add the room effectively to the, the meeting invite, and that's a resource, you know, defined as a resource in, in exchange. It, but not only does it book the meeting room, but now I walk into the room when the meeting is due to happen, and there's a big green button on the panel or the endpoint, you know, the WebEx board or whatever it is. I don't have to remember what meeting it is. It knows that it's scheduled to join that meeting. I hit the join button and I'm in the meeting. No more, you know, what's the SIP address for this meeting or let me start the WebEx client and have it dial me back on the video endpoint. It just makes that experience much simpler. And actually, it's the gateway to some of the, you know, the, the other stuff that's been the, the more future stuff, the AI stuff, where, you know, you can see how once you get over that hurdle, then now, you, you get the environment where, okay, now I walk into the room through proximity, it knows I'm in the room, and now it says, hey, Jonathan, you know your meeting's about to start, do you want me to join? You know, and you go, yes, and it joins the meeting. So now it becomes not one button to push, but one word to say to join the meeting. Or you walk into the room and you go, you know, all you need to say is join my meeting, and you're in. And that, I think, starts to revolutionize. Just the technology just gets out of the way and you can just, you know, it, it knows enough through AI and this sort of voice recognition technology to be able to get you into the meeting as quickly and as simply as possible. Well, very, very exciting. I, I realize, uh, listeners, that, we, that we've gone on a bit today, but there, there was a lot of news, and I wanted to get uh, Jonathan's opinion on everything. As usual, Jonathan, thank you so much for filling us in on, on all the information about the outage, but also all the news uh, from the Cisco Collaboration Division. As always, Patrick, absolute pleasure. Thanks once again for the uh, the opportunity to uh, to come and chat. Always uh, always fun, and uh, enjoy your travels, which I know uh, you've got more coming up. I, I certainly will enjoy my travels. We will review again in another few weeks uh, and check all the news that's been coming out with Cisco. Fantastic. Huge thanks to Jonathan, as always, for coming onto the podcast and updating me on all of the Cisco news from the last few weeks. His company, Meeting Zone, have all the new products and features on show, so do get in touch with them if you want to see any of the products we mentioned in action. But if you are a Cisco user or partner and want to know more about the WebEx outage in general and how Cisco have reacted, you can find loads more detail on our website at uctoday.com. For today, though, that is all. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you like the series and leave a nice review if you can. Thanks for listening.